This is your gateway to the latest trends in the Gulf, bringing you exclusive insights and thought-provoking discussions. Welcome to AB Majlis, an Arabian business podcast. You can find our weekly episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for more exclusive content, subscribe to us on arabianbusiness.com. Welcome to the AB Majlis podcast. I'm Nicole Abigail, reporter at Arabian Business. And today we have with us Sam McCone, managing partner at McCone Properties. We're going to discuss on what it takes to actually start a successful business in Dubai, something that most people aspire to do and something that Sam has, I can say, successfully done. So let's talk to him more about what it took, where it's going and what the future vision is. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much uh, for having me. Tell you. us a bit more about your journey to Dubai and what it took to start McCone Properties and make it to what it is today. I actually moved here when I was two years old. My father was a pilot with Emirates, so that brought us over. And I'm one of those expat kids that grew up in Dubai. I started in real estate when I was 22. Uh, so fresh out of university, just after the financial crisis. So it was quite tough to get a job elsewhere. And my dad was the one that recommended, why not give real estate in Dubai a go? So I did that and, and was uh, working for another company for just over a year, year and a half. And it had always been a dream of mine to have my own business. And I had my dad again, who had always said, you know, you should always aspire to have your own business. And I very much took that advice. So at the age of 23, I started Macomb Properties. So just over 10 years ago now. Wow, that's young. Huh? It, it was young. And in hindsight, I actually wish I had waited longer. I really didn't have that much experience yet in the job. I had had some success, but a lot of that had come down to timing as well, because the market back in 2011 and 12 was actually booming. So it was very easy to do transactions at the time. But then when you have your own business, you start to realize that you're not just having to worry about the sales side of it. You're having to worry about the marketing, the accounts, the setup, visas, you name it. It all sort of starts to fall on your head. And naturally, when you start a business, you don't have the right support structure to take care of all of that. So it really becomes your responsibility. And I quickly found myself much more focused on visas and all the other things I mentioned rather than the things that were actually going to generate the revenue. So the first few years were actually quite uh, tricky because of okay. my lack of experience. That's actually very interesting. That was going to be my next question hmm. as well, is that obviously there were a lot of challenges initially when the business started. What helped you overcome it? And what would you say was Dubai's benefit that you think you wouldn't get anywhere else that sort of helped you with that? The idea was very much that I wasn't going to pack it in. I was going to sort of persevere relentlessly no matter what. And there was moments there where I knew I had borrowed a lot of money from friends and family in order to keep it afloat. But for whatever reason, it never even crossed my mind. I just sort of cracked on with it and I kept thinking, okay, as long as I can do this much business next month, I'll be able to cover myself and keep going. So I think perseverance was, was the answer. That always saw me through, but there's no doubt that it was challenging, that it, it was difficult and you kind of have to have that attitude towards it. And I think that's where a lot of people when they're thinking about setting up a business, they very, very much think of the exciting parts, but they ignore the challenges that they're going to have. And if you're not in a position to, to be able to handle that emotionally, mentally, then when things get tough, you're probably going to pack it in very, very quickly. Why real estate? 
Well, it's Dubai, so why not? Um, <laughs> I, I studied international relations, so it wasn't ever on my mind to start with. But again, it was 2011. The world economy wasn't in a great place. I did apply for other jobs. I very much wanted to get into an NGO or something like that. And I found it exceptionally difficult. And at some point, to be honest, I needed to find some sort of work. And the beauty of real estate is that it's very easy to get into. Plenty of companies will hire you, give you a shot. And what you quickly find out in real estate is that it's all about what you make of it. If you're someone that's hungry, that is quite astute, you have good people skills, there's no ceiling to it. You can make an absolute fortune in a very short space of time. And fortunately for myself, as I said, the timing was very good. So I found myself as a 23-year-old, just a year into the job, making very, very good amounts of money. It just sort of fell on my lap at the time, but I very, very quickly fell in love with the job. I loved the people that I was meeting. Within a couple of months, I was working on some exceptional properties that were owned by some exceptional people. And I've sort of never looked back since. You started off very young. What would you like to say to budding entrepreneurs who are going to start young? What do you think their key focus area should be? What do you think is something that they should essentially know to be able to start a business here? Well, the first thing I would say is don't. Okay. Honestly, I, I, I give myself that sort of reminder all the time that there's sometimes this really big push that you, you have to have your own business. Again, it came from my dad and I do respect him a lot for that, but I genuinely wish that I had given myself more time. Okay. There's no rush. There isn't, you know, I'm, I'm now 34 years old. I've had a business for over 10 years and I'm still learning and I'll continue to learn. Those first few years were exceptionally difficult. And if I didn't have the support of my family who did loan me money when I very much needed it, even though I wanted to persevere, I might not have been able to. Had I given it a few more years, had I learned from my peers in other companies and how the industry works in general, I really believe that I could have avoided a lot of pitfalls in those early years. Again, it's great thing to aspire to. Absolutely. I think there's, there's a lot of joy that comes with it. There's a lot of sense of achievement, but there isn't a rush. There really isn't. A lot of uh, people that I've known that started with me, they waited longer before they started their businesses. And when they then eventually took the plunge, they were in a much more financially secure position. They were, again, they had a more solid client base so that they knew the, the deals were going to come in regardless. I know it sounds a bit contrarian to the whole theme of the podcast, but again, I think it's important to highlight these things because sometimes we can really get caught up in, in all the excitement of it, but it's important to just take everything into consideration. And I genuinely wish that I had given it that time. Okay. So you would say that there always is a right time to start a business. You know, people say that there isn't, you just have to go for it. You just, you know, have to take the plunge and you just have to do it. Yeah, I, th I think that sounds all very sort of inspiring and exciting. And again, I kind of went in that way as well. And obviously, I mean, it worked, right? And, and I eventually got there. But when you see someone doing a business and they're doing it right and they know what they're doing and they can bring a certain level of expertise to the business, it's different. And myself as a 23-year-old, I genuinely was clueless. It was all new to me. Even the most simple things like payroll, visas, 
and I was caught up and I was out of my depth. And fortunately, I didn't let it get the best of me. But with a bit more time, I could have avoided all of that. It really, it's taken me 10 years to get to where I am today as a business. And I think I could have gotten to that a lot sooner in terms of actual span of the company okay. mm-hmm. had I gone into the business with a bit more behind me in, in all the senses I've talked about. Okay. Would you say mindset plays a role? You know, like you said that you didn't want to pack it in. You didn't want to give up on this. But is that something that matters to, you know, people who want to start a business? Is that a trait that you think you need to have? To yes, absolutely. So the thing is, it's going to be a lot more difficult than it looks from the outside. Everyone talks about all the exciting successes that they have. You don't hear much about the struggles naturally, right? It's not you're in business. You need to portray yourself as a success. That's, that's the name of the game. Because if you're out there talking about the difficulties, who's going to come and work for you, right? So you have to have that resilience, right? And you have to be able to maintain that composure that when things go difficult, you have to deal with them. In terms of mindset, the biggest lesson that I've learned, not just in the first years, but more recently, is the idea of constantly improving. If I look at the journey of Macomb Properties, for the first seven years, we never had more than 10 or 15 staff It was, it was about that size and it kind of went up and down a little bit and it worked for us and we were profitable for most of it. And I very much enjoyed it. Everyone that was working for me was my friend. So it was a comfortable business to be in. But over the last three years since COVID, we've changed our attitude quite a bit and it's all been about improving. Every single day that we come into work, we're constantly thinking, okay, what is it that we could be doing in the business that's going to make us a little bit better than we were yesterday? And that has been a game changer because all of a sudden we're not taking money out of the business. We're not trying to focus just on revenue, but we're trying to improve our training process. We're trying to make sure that we're gaining more market share in terms of the leads that we're generating. Anything and everything that we can think of that's going to make our business slightly better, we'll look into it and see what we can do. So it's incredible once you shift your mindset in that way what you can achieve you have a huge team now as well how do you make sure that everyone's on the same page that everyone's as motivated and how do you just make sure that everything's aligned to work towards where you need to be it's actually been one of the biggest challenges that i've had over the last year we've grown a lot in the last 12 months and I have a certain way that I like to do things, but naturally I can't communicate that to the whole team on a daily basis. I can do our team meetings and try and portray it as best as possible. But the reality is that I need people that are working with us in the management team to help me with that. So a lot of emphasis has gone in to aligning ourselves with our management team. And I actually have two partners that are co-owners of of the business as well. And the three of us, we actually were very good friends since we were teenagers. So that's helped a lot as well, because the three of us are very much aligned in our vision for the business. As soon as any employee comes to any of us, I genuinely hope that we portray the same sort of enthusiasm and excitement towards what we're doing. And that the culture, not just between us three, but with all the managers is the same way. Okay. And starting the business I know had its challenges. What are the challenges you'd say that you're facing now? How have you overcome them or how are you planning to overcome them? So scale is a big one, right? It's actually something I'm very much enjoying because it's made it very, very exciting. But it's a whole new 
a new thing. I mean, something as simple as internet, right? You might think it's the most easy thing to set up because you can do it at home, no problem. But the moment you have a hundred plus people in your office, well, guess what? Your internet doesn't work as well. And simple solutions like uh, getting a bigger package, it doesn't work. And we've had to learn that the hard way. And it's not fun having an internet that's not working well when you've got all this staff working for you and they're struggling and they're looking at you because ultimately it is your responsibility to fix it, right? So we've we've had to learn these lessons in in some cases the hard way, but we've learned them or we continue to learn them. That's part of the journey. And, and I actually find it quite exciting. And I can now talk to you about a proper internet setup a lot better yeah. than I could a couple of months ago. So scale is definitely one of the, the big challenges at the moment. Something I've also personally struggled with in the past is the art of delegation. This was something I started uh, over 10 years ago. This is, uh, it's got my name on it and I love it. And for the last 10 years, I've thought about it every single day. And it's hard for me to sometimes let go and to let someone else lead a team or, or a department and make decisions without my influence. That's been interesting, but I think, especially in recent months, I've, I've gotten quite good at that. And uh, this year I, I had my first child and I decided to take, thank you. And I decided to take a little bit more time off in the summer because I wanted to go to Europe so that they could escape the heat. Yeah. <laughs> and I was away for a total of six weeks. And what was nice was that by having scaled and by having delegated properly, the business continued to run. And it's, you know, we still did very good numbers and we continue to hire and we continue to make improvements despite my absence. And that's when I think, you know, you've got a really good business. If the business can run and it doesn't need you, that's not to say you don't play a part and you're not involved, but if it's able to run on its own, then I think you've got something quite special. Okay. Do you think that starting so early sort of leads to you stepping away from the business earlier as well? Early retirement is definitely <laughs> off the cards. Okay. I, I genuinely couldn't think of anything worse. I, okay. I, I believe that we should all work as long as we possibly can because I think it keeps us healthy mentally. Okay. But there is an element of everyone has to be challenged constantly. And I have been doing this for 10 years. I've very much enjoyed the last three years because it's brought a whole new set of challenges as opposed to the first seven. And I want to continue in that that path. I want to continue to find new challenges that, that are going to test me and, and what I'm able to do. And that goes back to that constant idea of improving as well. So that's that's the synergy that's quite nice. If, if I continue to want to test myself, it's going to force us as a company to look for improvements as well. So I think that's quite crucial is don't allow yourself to get complacent because you're going to get bored. If you're doing the same thing day in, day out, at some point, no matter how much money you're making, the excitement's going to wear off. But what's so amazing about this city is that there's so much potential. You know, recently we've gotten into short term, as an example. We set up that business uh, a year ago and we had a lot of people in the industry that were telling us just how difficult it's going to be. And it is difficult. And we've made mistakes and we've again had to learn a lot of lessons the hard way. But it's been exciting. It's been a whole new set of challenges that I wasn't expecting. But again, if we talk about the short-term industry or the hotel industry, I know a lot more than I did a year ago. And I love that. I love that, um, that journey of, of learning and 
pushing yourself to try new things gives you that. So I'm not too worried about that because I know myself and my partners are always going to be looking for new ways to challenge ourselves. Speaking of that, what's in store for growth and expansion wise for the company? What can we see? What vision do you have? Where do you see this going? The ultimate goal with Macomb Properties is to make us the best company in Dubai, best real estate company in Dubai. I don't believe you can be the best real estate company unless you have solid coverage across the entire Emirates. Um, Dubai is a city that's built around master communities. You've got downtown Dubai Marina, international city, town square. And what really matters to the end user, the consumers that we work with is the product that we're able to sell. So we need to be able to have options in these different communities. And in order for us to do that, we have to continue to grow our team because it literally requires manpower. So the first goal that we have is to find a way for us as a company to continue to grow without losing the core essence of who we are. And that's literally what we are doing at the moment. And I mentioned to you about scaling Mm -hmm. and we really want to make sure that we maintain the same level of service of, again, enthusiasm, support, training, everything, you name it, whether we are 50, 100 or 200 agents. So in the short term, that's what we plan to do. And I think that's going to keep us busy for the next couple of years. But looking a little bit more long term, we can see that the UAE and the GCC in general is going to continue to grow as well. So recently we've uh, we've set up a business in Ras Al Khaimah okay. because we had one of our agents that had lived there for, for a number of years and she loves the Emirates and she wanted to continue to work a little bit in Dubai, but she wanted to help the company set up a branch in Ras Al Khaimah. So we've, we've started that. Abu Dhabi is obviously a very exciting place. It, it moves at a bit of a slower pace than Dubai does, but the real estate market there is also booming. So we want to look at that. And then the big one is Saudi, mm-hmm. right? And there's a lot of unknowns when it comes to Saudi and we're not going to make any sort of moves just yet. But in the long term, yeah. we would definitely like to uh, consider what, what our options are in Saudi Arabia. And diving a little more into the real estate market in Dubai, as an expert in the industry, what do you think is the forecast for the next five years? Where do you see it going? In Dubai, we've seen a lot of ups and downs. The real estate market is just over 20 years old. And in the first couple of cycles, it's really reached peaks and then somewhat crashed and then gone up again. And then we have like an extended five-year period of a downward turn. And now since COVID, again, we've seen prices increase rapidly. But I do think that this time is different. And I believe that it's different because for the first time, Dubai as a city has really put itself on the map. So I've spent six weeks in Europe um, recently. And obviously, as I'm going around, everyone's asking me, you know, where am I from? And and I mentioned to them that I'm from Dubai and you can see that they all have this excitement. They all mm-hmm. want to come. And we see that on the ground here. We see a lot of people setting up businesses in Dubai, relocating their families. And I think that the government is going to achieve its population targets. And if it does that, the real estate market is going to need to continue to build. And as long as the building is happening and people are buying those properties, it's going to continue to flourish and to do very, very well. So I believe that the next five years are going to be very, very good for the markets. There is a lot of, um, of, of cash in the market, so we're not as 
indebted to the banks you know we we don't have people that are like on the line in terms of defaulting or anything like Mm -hmm. that so there's a lot of fundamentals about the market that are quite solid which we didn't have in the previous cycles so I believe that we're in for a few more good years and and eventually things are going to slow down a little bit, but I don't see it happening anytime soon. The the demand is just too strong and I believe it's going to continue. In terms of international investors, and if say I was looking to invest in the market and I was an international investor, what would you say to me? What's the advice that you would give me? I mean, first we need to understand what the person is looking for, right? Budget becomes a big factor and why they're looking to buy the property. We have a lot of investors that would like to get a high return on their investments. And for that, you can typically go to sort of secondary locations like a JVC, where you can net seven, potentially 8% per year, which is a very, very high number when you compare it to places in Europe or Asia or anywhere else in the world, right? So if that's the core aim, then that might be something that I'd be recommending. If on the other hand, they're looking for a a family home or a holiday home, then, you know, Marina, downtown, the Palm, even a nice villa in a community like Dubai Hills, Mm -hmm. there's plenty of options out there. And I think that's what makes Dubai real estate quite exciting is that there's so much diversity in the product that we have to offer. If someone comes to us and they have a budget of $100,000, they can buy a studio apartment in an international city. Okay, it's not going to be the nicest property, but it's available. There's something for them. If they come to us and they've got a budget of 200 million, well, there's going to be an absolutely beautiful villa for sale in in Palm Jumeirah. So we're able to cater to everything. And that's, you continue to see all sorts of transactions ongoing. So there's clearly the demand across the board. When the war happened in Ukraine, there was a lot of Russians as well as Ukrainians that moved their money over to Dubai. That's continued, but it probably has slowed a little bit in recent times. But I think ever since COVID, places like Europe, India, they've also increased the amount of investment that they're looking to put into Dubai. There's a lot of people that I think have had a taste of Dubai and Dubai's life and what it has to offer. And when they see what they can get for their money in Dubai, not just in terms of the property, but the lifestyle that can come with it, it's exceptionally appealing. So many of those people started off with small investments, right? They might have bought a two bedroom apartment as a holiday home in Dubai Marina. Well, now they're shifting their entire lives to Dubai and they're buying the villa. There has really been a, a shift in attitude towards Dubai. And I think many people are looking to make this their home for the future. And that ties in with what the government's done in terms of the visas as well, right? So when the golden visa was first introduced, it was seen as this special um, thing that they were only going to give to privileged people. Yeah. Whereas now it's it's very accessible. And many of the clients that we're selling to, that's what they're after, right? They buy the, the villa, they get the visa to go with it. They sponsor their entire family. They put their children into top rated schools, and they're able to do all of this with without too much headache. Of course, they need to have the money to be able to do so. But there are enough people with money that have the appetite to do so in Dubai. So just to reel it back all in, if you had one word to describe the Dubai real estate market, what are the words that you'd say? I just think it's so exceptionally exciting. As I said, I've been in Europe and it's just treated in such a different way. Here in Dubai, it's it's such a big part of this economy. There is a lot of money to be made. There's obviously, you can make mistakes as well. You can invest in the wrong projects. But 
if you know what you're doing, if you know how to handle your real estate investments, it can be exceptionally fruitful for any investor. That's amazing. It's been absolutely inspiring to chat with you. Thank you for all the insight you've given us into how it is to start a business in this country. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you so very much. much for having me. I appreciate Thank you. it. That wraps up our conversation with Sam McCone, an entrepreneur in Dubai. Stay tuned for the next episode of AB Majlis and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this week's episode and thank you to all our subscribers. Sign up to arabianbusiness.com for all exclusive content.